You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast and very pleased to present uh, artist, musician, Karen Ann. Karen Ann, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Hello. My cat must have heard heard, uh, his ears burning because he just jumped onto the bed. (laughs) Uh, Prior to this, listeners, uh, the short conversation that... uh, cats do make appearances on the show and uh dogs not as much uh, karen ann was concerned about the dog barking we would accept that wholeheartedly and the cat of course which cats are wont to do move in on the territory uh once announced so uh, uh karen ann uh let, let's start with the let's start with the a bigger like you as an artist uh question um when did you when did you see yourself as an artist? I think uh, since you know I was five. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but you know, I have I have like videos of me at an elementary school. Like, I was always singing, and I was always sort of the creative type um and it I would say probably you know around my teen years where I really just fell in love with artists like Sarah McLaughlin and uh, Alanis Morissette and uh, Sean Coven and Cheryl Crow I just got to the point where I just really wanted to write songs um and mostly to write songs, uh, to be able to express myself. Um, I've always been kind of like a little bit shy and, um, have a difficult time sometimes articulating my thoughts or opinions. And so I've always felt like I've been able to deliver that more in song than I am, um, just with like plain words, because there's something about singing words that you can emote a little bit more for me. And so, yeah, I just got into high school, picked up the guitar. And once I learned my first few chords, I was like, I'm writing songs. This is what I'm doing. And uh, just kept at it and kept doing it all through college and grad school Um, and just, you know, I went to grad school for geology, so I have a master's in geology. I studied rocks. Yay. Um, and, uh, but I just, I kept going back to music and it's sort of just been something that's in me that if I didn't do it, I don't know what how how I would be I'd probably be a lot more anxious because it's a really good cathartic exercise for me so yeah that's it I think right that's, yeah pick up that pick up I that, do it that I do it because I have to do it yeah 
I uh, yeah. heard some of the names you mentioned, um, and they kind of sparkle uh, my mind. Uh, Sean Colvin, Sarah McLaughlin. I saw her once at Newport Folk Festival um, mm. live, and oh my gosh, it was just like earth shattering uh, to to see her. But um, I, I, a lot of um, musicians around that time in that period been particularly important for me, uh, female singer songwriters and Sinead O'Connor, and I think of Suzanne Vega. And, uh, I, I just love that, um, that folk, uh, alt vibe. Um, so, all right. So you're making music and, uh, and I think I hear you too, um, as far as helping you get through things, process things and, and communicate. I wanted to ask you, Again, one of the bigger conceptual questions, uh, you're tilted this way and you create music. What, uh, what is art? What do you think art is uh, in, in your interaction? Art? With it? I think art is, well, it's two, I think it's two ways. Art is anything that someone does and creates based on a feeling or an opinion. I think it's very wide ranging. And then also art can also be, doesn't necessarily have to be something that, um, something, something somebody created. I think you could be out just walking as a person. And I think it's, can be anything that inspires or creates inspiration. Like, you could be walking and just looking at a flower. So nature is art to me. Um, I think it's very wide ranging and it can be many of things. If it connects to you, um, I think in the grand scream, yeah, it's like anything that you connect to and helps uh, you connect to other people and just creates sort of this um, this feeling that you might not get otherwise. Yeah. There's a connection. A lot yeah. of times I feel in the terms of the, of, um, of connection, where did, uh, you, you got a, a beautiful soulful voice. How did you develop that? Where's it come from? Anytime you're talking about soul and talking about the depth of the voice, what, where's, where's that, where's that coming from? That's just, it's just coming from years and years of singing. Um, people I listened to growing up, you know, um, I listened, <laughs> I like to attribute a lot of my singing, like the gumption in my singing to Michael Bolton. I listened to a lot of Michael Bolton growing up. Yeah. And he just, he just had one of those voices that like, <laughs> he just went for those notes yeah. and I am always, I've always been drawn to those types of voices that they'll go that extra 5% to just <laughs> hit that note, just do it. And yeah. it might not always sound great, but like there's just an emotion that goes with it. Yeah. Just like it's, it's the, it's the goosebumps like sets off the goosebumps in you. It makes your hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's all those types yeah. of feelings that like 
you just feel it inside. Yeah. So, yeah. And like my soul, I mean, also I think some of my soulful voice came from um, just, you know, kind of listening to a, a mixture of different artists. You know, I really love old blues. Yeah. Like B.B. King and I can't really name all of them right now. Um, but I have this one really cool vinyl that's like, oh, what is it? I can't remember. It's B.B. King and another guy and it's sure. a live recording. Yeah, yeah. On vinyl. And it's just like, you're just like, oh, you know, it pulls at the heartstrings and um, people like Bonnie Raitt, Susan Tedeschi, um, sort of that old blues soul sound. Um, I loved, I, 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 I loved that stuff. Not to jump in, but my, 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 my dad's a big uh, blues guy and, uh, they love a lot of blues and soul. So like for me growing up, that was, that was around, you know, some funk too, mm -hmm. you know, some rock, but it was, it was that blues and souls, that voice. I think that my dad really young age connected with, you know, with the blues and the sound and, you know, just kind of that expression of, you know, the blues, you know, getting down with that. And, uh, so I was kind of steeped in that, uh, early on. And a lot of the names, uh, you mentioned just, yeah, there's, there's, there's a nice feel. There's a nice feel in that. Yeah. I just, I'm just really one of those, when I hear something like St. Paul and, uh, and the book and the broken bones, it's got like this, like Sam cook, vibe to his voice where you're yeah. just like how is this guy how is this guy singing like that and like it's just I don't know I don't know how to describe it it's sort of an indescribable feeling it just it's just the feeling is how you know it's there yeah yeah well so. and I want to let I want to let folks know uh we're gonna have some uh Karen Karen Ann's uh music uh you know, during later on in the episode, but tell us what, uh, tell us what you're up to. You got some, some, some new music going on. Uh, you're busy. Mm -hmm. Tell us all about, you know, what you're up to right now. Yeah. So, um, during most of the pandemic, I really got into playing producer, um, and started recording demos in my room and I, wrote and produced, recorded a EP that I released in 2021 of a bunch of poems um, by this poet. So um, I released that. And then since then, I've been working on other demos of some songs that I wrote that are sort of all under the umbrella of fear. Um and my first single that's going to come out is going to come out on May 5th. And um, the title of the song, as well as the EP that it's going to be a part of, is called The Consequence of Fear. And all the songs just, I don't know, it was pandemic time. And I was doing a lot of reflecting, um, both 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 personally as well as like sort of societal reflection of what was going sure. on. And um, 
the consequence, uh, the song "Consequence of Fear" is sort of me grappling with the uncomfortability and feeling like um, I often feel afraid to say um, my opinion, mm-hmm. especially if it's like not the most popular opinion. Sure, not always easy to do. And also struggling with being able to articulate my feelings, as I mentioned earlier, like sometimes I have an opinion and I'll articulate it and it will come out wrong or not as like I intended and I will be misunderstood. And a lot of the times, um, yeah, I just feel like I get anxious that I can't just like say what I'm thinking and then the times that I have just like said what I'm thinking it comes out wrong and people form an opinion and so forth so um the opening lines of the song are sort of uh it's called uh they go scared to hurt you with my words so I don't say much um and the chorus in turn is just uh the consequence of fear, it keeps stealing the wheel. Yeah. And so, yeah, all the songs are about, uh, yeah, fear. I, And I think it's that's a very universal emotion um, that will resonate with a lot of people. And like I said, it's personal fear, but it's also like sort of the state of society. Um, there's another song that's called big money, deep pockets that I'm working on. That's sort of all encompassing of everything that's been going on the last three years with COVID with, uh, global warming with, um, uh, Black Lives massive Matter. wealth, massive wealth concentration that massive is wealth, offe- yep. offensive and shocking and <laughs> fearful. And, and politics, like yeah. and like uh, women's rights and trans yeah. rights and just the ability to be a liar in the public eye. And having that not be okay, but, like, just having it be, like, a thing that's just, like, oh, I guess we're just going to let liars just, you know, go forth and, you know. The, rea- the reality is too, too, too harsh and the strong fiction to believe is, like, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a difficult thing to manage, I think, sometimes in some of those issues. I was just walking just today, just, like, over to the supermarket and... Well, my head goes different ways, but I was thinking about like the sheer statistics of concentration of wealth to like, you know, 1% of people in this world. And it's like, we're owned, like everybody's owned by like a small fraction of people, like resources, Mm -hmm. land, all this type of thing. And I'd be like, like, what's the tipping point for folks when it'd be like, yo, like they have all the shit that's in the world. Like they got like everything (laughs) and there's like, you know, we're still kind of, I don't know. It's an odd thought, yep. but it's just kind of like we're still just kind well, of buzz, just like, buzzing around or something. I mean, there's more. There's people who have so much money that they don't even know how much money they have. 
And like then you've got people who have no money and don't and like have like completely lost like just so many things and it's I don't know I there just needs to be some sort of change and I often feel you know I have opinions but the problem or the issues are so big that it's, it's like how do you how do we like even attempt to change to like make the change you know when we can't just make the small changes that are like lower it's like does change come at the top and go down or does change come from the bottom and come up and I don't know. I'm just saying a bunch of things. No, right no. Now. I'm thinking – I think so about this. Thoughts. I think about this all the time as as an organizer and I say for myself and my own personal beliefs, you know, I, I work in a collective. So those those folks who I serve are those folks when it comes to my own belief, um, particularly since the pandemic, um, uh, wrestling and becoming deeply radicalized on indigenous issues and understanding of polluted colonial thinking uh, in my head, queering up the ideas of my own history uh, around race, uh, screwing around with expectations of how I should deal with like mental illness or dealing with mental issues and talking about those things as a male. So I've like I was like around the pandemic, we're talking pandemic stuff. I came out of it completely radicalized and not sharing in basic things that I think other people share in. And it's kind of like, I, I feel good about it, but sometimes it's tough to, you know, to, to, to figure it out. If, if we believe that the structure of things is kind of a bill of goods, right. And I come to the conclusion personally that it is, then it's like, you know, what do you do? And my basic thing in my head is it's not refined, but is rejection and usurping and smashing old idols is like, I mean, I know it's not exact, but that's where my head is at. Well, it's like you mentioned like a radicalization. It's like, I find like, I, I, I tend to see the advantages and disadvantages of like things that like the whole idea of sort of being radicalized it's like it's good in the sense that like you know people are like gung-ho about it and everyone's like yeah we can't stand this but at the same time the opposite side of the coin of that is like we've become radicalized in so many ways that like we become really dismissive and it's Fair like, enough. you know, having like, you know, like opposites, like viewing things in black and white versus like the gradation. And so like, I mean, that's that's where politics are. Not that I like pay attention to much in politics, but like I feel like if you and this sort of goes back to what I was saying about my opinion is if like um Take like a gun issue, for for example, you sure. know, like people are like, we need stricter gun laws. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we do. And so like, like to me, that's, but that's like a generalized statement. Sure. Whereas like, 
you know, the opposite side of that is like mental illness. And like, I just, I just want there to be more acceptance of people being like, yeah, I agree with that. But here's my like little caveat to your overarching thing. You know what I mean? Like well, your overarching yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and I, I think you're right. I mean, it's in, in sort of in the sense of like, um, potential for polarization. But again, on that too, like I pull it down to myself and this is a personal like reflection, which is odd because I'm involved in a collective, but the personal reflection is that, um, the, uh, categories of which like the discourse happens for so many people, it isn't satisfactory. Like maybe if it's like, you know, a democratic position or Republican position in American context, like that, that there's this, uh, that there's feeling with, there's not uh, grappling with uh, a deeper issue. And on the thing of the polarization, I've always had this odd characteristic that I've never known how to resolve is I am unafraid of conversation and I will go right into the thickets and talk directly to folks I know completely don't believe anything I'm in accord with. And I have this strange mm-hmm. like piece in that. And for me, it's not it's not to support. I know where I stand in general, but there's something like where I'm driving to find out how is this person existing? What, how are they interacting with the world that is so radically different? And it's not like mm-hmm. to change the world and everything, but I've always been fascinated. And I've had conversations with folks they haven't brought me to their side. I've talked to the strangest, some bad people in, 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 in talking, but it's more of like, how do you engage in conversation where you can disagree very deeply? And as a philosopher, I'm trained in doing it. Disagree very deeply, but still move forward or do something. And I think I never, there's yeah. such a lack of that. I think that we see of like, okay, discourse, and then something else happens. It's like discourse, knife, fist, gun, separate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people like want to dismiss you if you don't agree with them and and just kind of like where I'm more of like, can't we just like have a conversation and then agree to disagree and like still, you know, remember that we're all humans and all that. So, yeah, I, uh, so tell us more about the, you talking about the consequences of fear. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing a lot of, uh, ghost stuff and I got, uh, a, a couple scream Queens, uh, coming on to this show. So I do fear stuff and scary and horror stuff in this show and a whole bunch of things, but not on this more subtle point of the consequence of fear. I think it's an intriguing, very intriguing title. And just thinking about, you know, when we fear things, what happens and how we respond to them, you know, reject them or tell us a little bit more about uh, what you're going into with the consequence of uh, fear. Yeah, I just I mean, I just wanted to like kind of. I got more into writing more raw, like raw type of lyrics as opposed to like more of my poetic um, lyrical lyrics and I just I had just when I wrote these songs I was doing a lot of questioning I had just moved um and I had gone through a divorce and I had just a lot of thoughts in my head and 
I really came up with the the line of consequence of fear. And I just thought that was a cool line. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is. I need to write a song about that. Yeah. I need to write a song about that. Like, like the idea of like, I think I actually wrote the line. I keep fearing the consequences. And then I flipped it in my head. And I was like, the consequence of fear, like what the things that we decide to hold back because we're just afraid um, or the things that we just don't confront. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't – the depth of it is, is pretty um, – I think it's I think it's open to a lot of interpretation, because um, you could take that turn that term consequence of fear and kind of put it in your head and think about your own your own things that have affected you. Um, and as I said, the rest the the other songs I have one song that's very. Uh, it's called Eight Hours. That'll be my next single. But it's sort of the most raw song I've ever written. And I won't go into it, but um, it'll be out eventually. But I had a lot of fun recording the parts. Um, it's sort of a, a big jump in style for me from previous releases that are more of like a pop rock ballad type genre. Um, these are a little more indie, indie rock, indie folk. Um, and I think me questioning fear and thinking about fear as well as transitioning to playing electric guitar and playing around with you know, effects and synthesizers and all that kind of stuff just really went hand in hand with the subject material. Because um, I think, you know, I was in that exploration mode where you're doing something new and so there's like a certain amount of uncertainty and yeah. fear that comes with that. Um, so, yeah. I just had a lot of... I, I don't want to say I had fun, but I... I definitely kind of opened up a, a new door as far as sonically for me. Um, yeah. And, and you describing it, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm excited to listen to it. I remember the date, of course, is May 5th. I'm actually going to be on a, an episode of a podcast I'm super excited about where I learn about sunflowers. It's called Rooted Podcast. And Ooh. My favorite uh flowers sunflowers and uh she's gonna tell me all about that that'll be on may 5th so we got uh sunflowers we the sprouting up we got karen ann's uh music coming out um really excited <laughs> really excited to hear i mean the pieces you're talking about developing and uh moving into uh sonically um sound really appealing to me and hearing uh your voice and within that so really look forward uh to hearing that we were talking a little bit about this when we we're kicking around you know, current events, issues, what do we do about this? But uh, the the question within connected to art is uh, the role of art 
the role of art now like amongst these type of things is is the role of art change is it more important because of maybe some of the issues we feel is intense issues right now or is it art's always been arting and doing what it's doing what's the role of art the role of art man um i think the role of art is just to spread awareness spread awareness spread spread a message spread um connect connectivity between humans and even nature um i i just think art is the original the original language i think mm. um wow you know yeah. before we had before we had, you know, language, people drew pictures and like they d they told, yeah, they they drew pictures and like that depicted like things. I mean, when you think of hieroglyphics, like those were shapes and like things that weren't like, you know, specific letters. I yeah, think it was, uh, art and drawing are just like the beginning of communication, really. Yeah, I, I like I like that um, I like I like that idea, and I like the part of me like around the definition of art is like there's something about art though I can't explain it like super succinctly, but it's something like sh I'm going to show you this, right? It's like a showing, it's like a presentation. Mm -hmm look at this in this way and it's like that type of event um and i love the energy of that and how artists uh tinker with that um do you want me to throw you into the great uh universe or the great abyss as uh the question is uh why is there something rather than nothing why is there something rather than nothing yeah like why at all because because of um why I mean if there was nothing then like what what would we what would we be doing I don't know it just brings it makes me think about um never ending story <laughs> people have said that before my gosh did I get it yeah never ending story I'm always saying there's other ways to answer this but never-ending story comes up tell me <laughs> well i mean the reason i bring this up is because like the fear of my song fear of consequences consequences of fear i messed that up in my head um is like the way i describe it is fleawood mac mixes with never-ending story <laughs> <laughs> and you think about like the the nothing that is like taking over the land yeah and um i don't know something rather than nothing like of course there's got to be something i don't know if i didn't do anything in my own personal way like if i didn't create art then i really don't know what i would be doing like um, I mean, I could be just, I could be 
still working in volcanoes, but like volcanoes to me are Earth's art. I mean, art's in the word earth. You've seen that sticker, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed by vo- um, by volcanoes. I'm obsessed by volcanoes. <laughs> That's what I studied. Oh um, man. Well, I, I I'm sorry to jump in. We got um I had a a science fiction author, uh Sasha Stronach, uh, a few episodes back. Uh Maori, a sci fi writer, uh from uh Wellington, New Zealand. And um mm. Uh, we, 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 I never dropped into volcano conversation, but I was talking about Crater Lake, Mount Mazama and, and just, I don't know, we were talking volcano stories. I was talking about, uh, indulge me. So when Mount St. Helens blew up out here in Washington, 1980, I was, so I'm 50. So I was eight years old out in Rhode Island. So when I saw the tv like i was literally like what planet is this on like i'm just a city kid at least. <laughs> i'm like and then you know i don't know somebody around me said that's the united states it's a place called Se- outside of seattle or whatever but i was it was it was science fiction it was movies it was something at the drive-in mm-hmm. and um so it had that strong, strong, strong impact on me. But anyways, it was really the first time in the show I was able to talk about um, volcanoes and my just deep attraction to them. And uh, so you know volcanoes as well, don't you, Karen Ann? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I was fascinated. I was with, I was a big geek in high school. I would like make up I would make posters with with pictures and like hang them up on my wall. <laughs> I thought they're still fascinating to me. They're just yeah, they're so cool. I uh always think uh one more volcano thing. There's a I mentioned this in a couple episodes there's a Werner Herzog documentary and it's a little bit tough to find I think, but it's when there's this volcano supposed to be ex- exploding on an island everybody leaves and him and the film crew go in and they document mm. the like the nobody there dogs running around all this type of stuff and the place didn't blow but i'm like wow what a conceit people are leaving you go in and document what happens next to the volcano i forget the name yeah. of it. it was wild though there's a there's a really good um documentary on um Disney Plus, all about these two French uh, volcanologists who sort of laid the foundation of um, a lot of volcanic work as far as like, you know, the signs of an impending eruption and like gas readings and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just saw that trailer. Oh, did you see it? I just saw that trailer. I just saw the trailer. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And I think the coolest thing is um we see the volcanoes that are present today, but there were volcanoes in the West Coast just as there are now that were there about twenty, twenty, thirty million years ago. Whoa. And without volcanoes, like the West Coast would be very very different um yeah 
the Columbia River basalts, if you're ever walking around and you see a dark black rock, it's probably basalt. Wow. Uh, Karen, Karen Ann, thank you. I mean, uh, this is all volcano indulgence, and this is volcano. <laughs> this is volcano. Fr- I, I didn't send you that in the email. This is volcano friendly space that we have here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna watch that one. I saw it there on 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 Disney just recently, a night or two ago. They had some beauty on Disney. They had some um, kind of like they were sound. Escapes one be like frozen and fire, and I was kind of watching those, and then I saw the trailer with the the couple there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what mm. is this?" And uh, and so uh, yeah, I uh, thanks thanks for the uh, thanks for the indulgence, and uh, yeah, you know, some might... of the images in that documentary are really you're just yeah. like, wow, they're really really close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I'm excited yeah. to I'm excited to check that out. Um, Karen Ann, I want you to tell the listeners like um, where to find where to find uh, your stuff, uh, find your music, um, find find all the things that you'll that you have out and will have coming out in May. Yeah, um, sort of like the clearinghouse for and the most easy way to find my music and info is at my webpage, which is um, KarenAnn.com which is K-A-R-Y-N-A-N-N.com. Um, I know it's a horrible time to be a Karen, but at least I spell my name. Karen with a Y. Karen with a Y. <laughs> it's different. It's and different. If you go there, yeah, if you go there, you can like, you'll find my, um, you can connect to all my socials there, my Spotify. Um, I've got lots of music up on Spotify and more coming soon. And um one thing I will say is I also have a Patreon um, account. Um, I'm up on that. Where, I don't know if you – oh, are you? Yeah. If I'm not, I'll correct that right <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a Patreon and I like – I have a bunch of like unreleased demos and stuff that I've posted up there. I think I have over 30 demos of songs and videos. Um for a while, I was doing some really fun um, videos of me reading my journals from high school. <laughs> Dang! And, and that's a fire and walk. About yeah, and talking about like my time that I went to Lilith Fair, and um, yeah, I have got a lot of poems, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's just a support based platform and um you get access to early stuff and you can donate from a dollar to fifty dollars and um i also make jewelry out of guitar strings um and there's a link to that on my web page as well um it's called museful pdx and the tagline is "Go make yourself useful." I like it. It sounds like if we, <laughs> ju- uh, you just telling listeners, just keep following these threads. I knew this would happen. I mean, you know, we're talking with Karen, and we're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about the soulful voice. We're going to talk about uh, volcanoes. We're going to talk about how the heck you can navigate politics at, at present. Uh, yeah, and and guitar and string the jewelry, jewelry I make. 
Yeah. The guitar, the jewelry I make uh, is sort of my way to connect my love of rocks and crystals and, you know, volcanic, my volcanic studying of the past to uh, my music. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for, thank for your time. And, and I think you can probably anticipate if I want to cut into the ground of uh, volcanology and, and, and such uh, within the show, I, I, I would just tell you up ahead, I'm going to use you as a first correspondent and resource uh, for that material. Yeah, I, I'll send you a link to my um, a couple of my publications. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? You know what this gets into too is like the different lives we had. And you know, I wrote my master's thesis about working third shift in a uh, a dwindling Rhode Island uh, grocery uh, outfit, um, and I studied the leverage buyout that destroyed the working class. Yeah. So, yeah, prior publications. I um, anything send along to me. I. Uh, uh, that, that explosion when I was eight years old, uh, of Mount St. Helens fried something deep in my brain, which makes me feel good anytime I see it again. We'll look at some of the videos of Mount Pinatubo as well. Thank you. Thank you. We'll post some of these There's links some really here. Cool yeah. Yeah. Um, Karen Ann, thank you, uh, so much. Really excited to check out, um, your new music uh coming out and um hope to catch you uh hope to catch you live uh sometime soon yeah i'll let you know if i'm down i don't know i guess you're all over the place i'm I'm all over the place as long as you stick around oregon i'll try to i'll i'll find you soon yeah (laughs) awesome well thanks for having me thanks karen and talk soon
This is Something Rather Than Nothing.